welcome back to Intentional Queen Podcast with your host, Janine, Journey to Restoration. So this podcast is all about women empowerment and self-love and peeling back them layers to level up your IQ to a better you. First and foremost, I want to thank you guys for all the feedback on the SOAR series, S-O-A-R. It was a re-review. I got so many texts, emails, and people sliding in my Instagram telling me some wonderful things. So I'm so glad that it blessed so many people. Something I found that was an inspirational quote by Yanla Van Sant. You can accept or reject the way you are treated by other people, but until you heal the wounds of your past, you will continue to bleed. You can banish the bleeding with food, alcohol, drugs, work, cigarettes, sex, but eventually it will all ooze through and stain your life. You must find strength to open the wounds, stick your hands inside, pull out the core of the pain that is holding you in your past, your memories, and make peace with them so you can move forward and move onward. Come on now, Iyanla. So that brings us right on to our message today because she does have that show called Fix My Life. And it made me always think about her little tagline in there is, did you do your work? You got to do the work. So people have come to me because they know that this podcast is a very vulnerable state for me, but it's also a place of self-healing. It's also a place where women can come and feel empowered to the point that they don't have to expose themselves to the whole world to get their healing, but know that they're not alone. And listening to that quote, And also having some of my queens tell me, Janine, I see you doing your work. It made me feel good and shift my crown, kind of like that Rihanna meme. I'm going to have to make an Instagram story on that. But where you shift your thing and they like, girl, you doing your work. So I feel like y'all seeing Neen, you doing your work. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we got a new series getting ready to happen with uh, Vania Swain. She's an author. She's a life coach. She's a mama bear. Her book is called, Hey, Little Girl, 10 Steps to Letting Go of Your Past Labels That Limit You. And what I wanted her to do when she came to the Intentional Queen podcast is talk to us about how you speak yes to your yes. And she uses that term in her book, but when she says speak yes, she's talking about you're going to say that to your elevated self. That's what the Y stands for. Your, the E stands for elevated and the S stands for self. So you're going to speak yes to yes. So if you want to get more information on her, I want you guys to slide over to my Instagram at intentional queen journey, or go to the website at intentional to get more info and some podcast notes. And remember, this is a two part series. So I'm expecting you guys listen to the end and uh, make sure you come back in two weeks. So let's jump on into it with my girl, Vanessa. But today I have a very, very, very special guest with me. I got Mrs. Vania Swain. She has a book. She's an author. She's a motivational speaker. She's a life coach. She's got a whole bunch more tags, but I'll let her speak on it. But her book is called Hey Little Girl, 10 Steps to Letting Go of Past Labels That Limit You. I'm so happy to have her on here. I'm just going to share a little bit about her that I know and why I chose her for the Intentional Queen movement. 
we have a mutual friend and our mutual friend on both sides said we needed to connect with each other. We have similar goals. She's doing it through the book and all her coaching and things that she's doing with her husband. And I'm doing this more through the podcast. So we're just trying to heal women and go back and find those little girls that we have inside of us and heal those up so we can be better women and better queens out there. So without further ado, welcome, Vania. We're so happy to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Uh, yes. So <laughs> when I was going through your book, girl, I saw this one quote that jumped out for me. It said, when the little girl heals, the woman becomes whole. As you know, um, you're joining Intentional Queen podcast, which is Journey to Restoration. So I really took hold of that because I want the ladies to become whole. I'm on my own journey to having you on here, knowing that you've already done your own work. It's so you can help us continue to do our work. So what would you say for that quote? What did you mean when you wrote, when the little girl heals, the woman becomes whole? That is an excellent question. And I just have to tell you, continuing to do my work, okay? Yes. <laughs> you know, this journey never ends. Come on now. Come on That's now. I love it. about the whole journey for me. But when the little girl is healed, the woman, be the woman becomes whole. And that is a very powerful quote. And I came, I thought about the quote as... I was writing and I saw some differences in myself. So if we could just go back, you know, the whole reason why I wrote Hey Little Girl is the twofold, okay? The first reason why I wrote it was because um, I was experiencing some little girls or a little girl that would pop up in my head. And I'm sure you read that part in the book, I included in my book you know, with a therapy session and, and so forth and so on. But it started because I was imagining or having a vision or I'm not even sure exactly what it was, but this little girl would pop up in my head and she looked incredibly sad, um, incredibly like just downcast. During that time, I was going through a bruised moment. I don't like to call it a broken moment. I was going through a bruised moment. And I said, you know what? I need to see a therapist. I need to see about what's really going on. Am I losing my mind or not? So <laughs> I went ahead and, you know, um, a session with my therapist. And we talked about um, a lot of different things. And when I brought up that incident, she looked at me. And I looked at her like, oh, my gosh, she thinks she's going to think I'm crazy, you know? So um, she was just like, you know what? I want you to do this um, empty chair um, exercise. And as we went through it, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I realized that a lot of different things that I went through and the little girl said to me, and I said this to the little girl, and what came out of that exercise was, you know, me coming in bruised, coming in even in a little girl state and leaving as a whole woman, mm. meaning being freed from a lot of the traumas, a lot of the um, limits, limiting belief systems that I've carried with me for so long. I mean, so long. So once we go back and really re-nurture, and even, I'm gonna just say, reparent, and it's not to say anything against our parents, because of course they did their best, right? Most parents, they out, they're out here trying to do their best, but even in our best, we are human, and we make human errors and mistakes, and we say things with, before thinking, right? And we do, we bruise, and we, traumatize sometimes our children in the things that we do and say and also we carry over beliefs from our parents you know it's just a whole thing right <laughs> and um you know so when I was able to release 
that little girl and let her know that she is seen and she is heard and love on her and even give her an energetic hug and you know a kiss and embrace her energetically you know what i mean it really freed me in more ways than i can even describe i'm trying to articulate it the best way i can but experiencing that oh my god i mean i left that office crying and skipping down the hallway just imagine a 40 year old <laughs> skipping down a hallway right i mean for the first time i always looked for that from other people and you know when i started to you know to embrace myself and love on myself and you know show self-care to myself i'm like man i'm doing things differently i'm not seeing through the eyes of a little girl because my little girl is now healed i'm not responding through the mouth of a little girl because my little girl is healed and that's what i mean when that little girl is healed now i can mature now I can act like an adult. Now I can respond and see like an adult. Now I can release and you know self-regulate and really get curious about myself enough and present myself in a way where people are like, oh, it's, it's a change in her. And I, I literally got those words like, you're different. And I'm like, oh, thank you, girl. <laughs> it's a compliment in a way, you know? So that's what I meant by that. It was a long explanation, but that's what I really mean, you know, about, you know, healing, going back and doing that work and then showing up as your beautiful self, as the woman that you are. Wow. So many things uh, came back to me when you started saying those things. Mary J. Blige had a picture up on her social media of her kissing her younger self. And yes. when you started talking about that empty chair, uh, exercise your therapist had you do and it just makes you go back I always say to people that hurt people hurt people and you you be bleeding on people that's what I've been using as a little lingo you're bleeding on people and part of that what I was meaning was my younger self the things that I didn't heal up it made me be bleeding out there and not dealing with my issues which means like you said your mouth and how you come out and how you talk and how you deal with things yep. it's all triggered from your past and if you don't deal with the past offenses it will start to seep out in your future even yes. though you think like you said I'm in my late 30s but you know still the same thing you look at yourself like darn I, I got some things I need to deal with from my little girl self so yes. when I was reading the book and when you were just talking I thought about that when I launched the podcast back in October, um, I had a women's night and we had about eight women come out. I had asked a couple of the ladies to go around and say issues that were bothering them or what they thought was overwhelming. And one particular person said, you know what, I don't want my generational issues or curses to affect my children. Yes. And that's something you talk about in this book as well. And that's part of the reason why I have you on the podcast, because a lot of my queens, when I ask what topics do they want to hear about? Out. that's one of them yeah healing up that little girl that's one of them mm -hmm. and more than anything I talk about the butterfly and how it stages to it and it's a process so just even talking to you right now you told me it was a process of you going back right going to the therapist realizing there's something you need to work on you're working on it and then like you said it's ever evolving right yes. you're so much better than where you were and you continue to level yourself up so i mean you're hitting like the nail on the head your book is just like perfect <laughs> with the things we've been talking about with the queens i just love it yes yes awesome I had never heard about the empty chair exercise until you said it uh, i had never heard of that either yeah so it's, I it's really different. It's really different. And honestly, I looked at her like she was a little touched. I'm like, are we good here? <laughs> exactly. That it's was like, new. 
if you want me to talk, because she explained it as, you know, me talking to my little girl and the little girl talking to me, and then a little girl talking to, you know, the people who may have, you know, uh, traumatized her or wounded her. And I'm like, but these people are not here. So I'm basically using my imagination. So if you're not really like focused on healing and doing the hard work, but I was so committed to being free. Mm-hmm. So committed to being free. It's just like, you know, if a, a caged bird, you know, they were once free and they are now caged. Open that door and see what will happen. You know, they'll they'll fly out, not looking back. I'm not going to say I've always been bound, but when I've really noticed that labels were really hindering me from getting to the places places where I really wanted to go in life, I'm like, man, I really want to see how it feels not being dictated to by people of my past, whether it's family, whether it's friends, honestly, whether it's myself, whether it's those ants, those automatic negative thoughts that automatically come to my head. And then honestly, I got curious about that. I'm like, well, where are these thoughts coming from? And why are they automatic? (laughs) But again, that's from those labels from those labels that, you know, society, family, or I put on myself. Wow. I mean, as soon as you started talking again, it just made me think about, one, you talk about the labels, but dealing with yourself and the things that you think about yourself. I've been more so doing my own work about how I view myself. I say to the queens about lenses and how you see yourself. And when people see you through a certain way because that's how you see yourself at that point when you change your view people can see it like it was a lightness and airiness in me probably november december and people's like what's so different and i had did the work like you said the empty chair exercise when you committed to it so i actually did the letter um, exercise where they tell you to write letters Mm -hmm. to the the issues or the people that you feel traumatized by and release it there. So to me, when you talk about the empty chair, it kind of reminds me of that same thing. Mm -hmm. But like you said, going out and seeking help for whatever you need at that time. So I think owning that you need help was like key. I think a lot of people are ashamed to acknowledge what they need and then go out and find it. You know, they'd be like, I got a problem, but I'm not going to do it in our community. You know, it's kind of frowned upon for mental health or to even deal with issues. So you just kind of cover them up or you push them under the rug and you just keep pushing forward. But at some point it's going to seep out. And, um, you know, I call it uh, bleeding on people and not even knowing. And Mm -hmm. this podcast has helped a lot of people understand that it's okay to be that way, but let's acknowledge the problem and let's do better and let's seek help for whatever that is, whether that's reading, going to a counselor, talking to a good friend, but just knowing. So with that, I want to just have you tell me more about your background and all your credentials. Like, tell me more about you. Oh, wow. So let's see. Um, So I am a life coach, a certified life, life coach, and I am a counselor. I have my degree in psychology, and um, I literally decide decided maybe a few weeks ago so you're getting the exclusive <laughs> that Yay. I'm going to go back to school yes to um my degree in clinical mental health counseling to yes I know that those credentials hold a weight and so while I feel like you know people are you know being helped now through this book you know that I poured my heart out in you know I feel like you know what there's more 
And so where I'm never competing against myself or anyone else, I know that it's always a um, time and uh, you know that, that I wanna say yes to my yes. And that second yes means elevated, your elevated self. So I'm constantly thinking about my elevated self and saying, you know what? Yes, I'm going to up level. I'm going to go further, not pushing, not, um, you know, pushing myself past my boundaries. And again, not competing against anybody, but just becoming, becoming my best self, unbecoming some things and also becoming um, the best version of myself. So with that, yes, you get the exclusive. I am going back to school in July. <laughs> um, my birthday is in July. It's a birthday gift to myself because I do. I'm a, I'm a, a life learner. I love to learn anyway. Uh, counselor. I'm a mother of two. My wife of one. <laughs> and uh, I'm a friend and I just love people. I'm a motivational speaker and um, I'm an author. Let's not forget about that. I'm an author. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm so thrilled for you with all these new things you got coming up. And Thank Thank I'm you. a lifelong learner too. Yes. And we're definitely doing things that weren't our normal. Like we kind of fell upon them and now we're just expanding on it. And Absolutely. it feels so good to like help other people at the same time while you're helping yourself because then you kind of feel like there's a community as you're trying to do it. Sometimes I feel like people don't want to get help or do the work because they feel like they're doing it by themselves or they feel mm. alone with it. And sometimes when you have, when you can acknowledge that other people feel the same way you feel, you feel more comfortable about being uncomfortable because oh, you know so that Normalize there's somebody it. else that's like you, right? Yes. You're like, Oh, well then, okay. You kind of like me. Okay. I'm not the only one out here feeling like this. And so you absolutely you have a but community. You know what? It's something you said earlier um, about, and I'm so sorry if I cut you off. <laughs> but it's it's so it's something that you said earlier, uh, even about our culture and how we resist getting that professional help. And while I, I do understand that because I was a little resistant, even following the path of counseling. So I do, I, I get it a hundred percent. But um I think. For me, even my hesitation and some of my clients, they would they were say, you know, you know, my hesitation was to come here and you think that I was broken. Who wants to be viewed as, as broken, especially if you're already viewing yourself that way? It's almost like a confirmation that something's wrong with me. And when you said that, I'm like, man, this is why I don't really like to use that um, language broken. Become because it comes with a, a stigma that something needs to be fixed. And that could be a bit of an illusion that we place on ourselves or somebody placed on us. So instead of broken, I'll say bruised. And that's one of the things I do. I know you mentioned that I call myself a delabeler, but that's one of the things I do as a delabeler. I kind of try to, I try to change the language of, you know, that people put on themselves or other people put on them. I, I like to change the language and call it what it really is. Because when you think about broken, you think about, you know, if you break a glass, pieces are everywhere. You know, it's probably, you know, irreparable. You know, um, you're thinking about, if you think about, I don't know, a door, breaking a door, more than likely you're gonna get a new door. Well, we can get a new us. Now we can up level, we can become better, but it's only one veneer, only one Janine, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and oftentimes I think about my uncle, right? The quick story, my uncle, <laughs> he broke his finger instead of, I think he shut it in the door or something like that. But anyway, that tip of his finger, you know, became dislocated. 
And instead of going to the doctor or um, I put it back together and then wrapped it up, right? And then, you know, it stopped hurting. So they're just like, okay, he's good. But today he's like, oh my goodness, maybe in his 60s. And I asked him a while back, I'm just like, what's going on with your finger? And he told me the story. And I'm like, why didn't you ever get it fixed? And he was just like, you know what? It stopped hurting, you know, but his finger points, that tip points to the right instead of straight. <laughs> it doesn't point, if I point at you, it's like, who are you pointing to? Are you pointing at them or me, right? We make a little joke of it. <laughs> but that reminds me of how we do as people. We don't want to be hurt. We don't want to, you know, deal with pain right? So we'll wrap it up in a bandage and keep your fingers still or keep yourself still. You know, nobody bothers me. Nobody bump into me. Don't trigger me now. And I'm good. But really, if anything happened to that finger or, you know, the person, <laughs> you know, then you'll see that it is some pain still going on in there. And even if someone really does not feel pain any longer, maybe you suppressed it. Maybe you've forgotten about it. Maybe you even forgiven, right? A lot of times to go back to really dig up, to really make yourself whole, you know, you got to, uh, the, the doctor told him that he would have to re-break that finger to put it back in its right place. Mm -hmm. Who wants, again, to be broken and put back together? Again, that's saying something wrong with, it's wrong with you. And it's not really something that's wrong with you. It's just pointing you in the right direction that you need to go. So if you still have that crooked finger and you start to point yourself in different directions, it's like, where are you really going? Because you're really broken. We're not broken. You're still, uh, you know, broken if you, we're talking about that um, finger. But if we would think about it as bruised, bruised, a bruised person, a bruised heart, a bruised uh, spirit can be healed. Hmm. You know, um, so that's what I like to um, kind of turn people minds and belief systems around just a little bit and just to kind of point them in another direction like maybe it's not this maybe it's this you know so if you're bruised and you tr and if you get it treated you know you can start to heal you'll start to scab and you'll see it still because trauma never really leave leave us we can live with trauma you know what i mean and have a successful life it's some things that i will never forget but i have forgiven but those things has just you know, motivated me and grew me, you know, to help me to become the person that I am today. I, I mean, I wish it didn't happen, but because it did, I'm just learning from it and I'm growing from it. And guess what? I'm helping other people because of it. So you're using those traumas, you know, to help other people and even for God's glory even. So um, I, I like to use that word bruise because it doesn't make anybody to feel like it's something innately wrong with them and they can see a path towards healing if you nurture it, if you put the, you know, the things that you need to put on, like um, what what is the neurosporin or whatever like that. If you get those that therapy help, if you um say your affirmations, if you do the things that you have to do and do your work, you can heal from a lot of different things that we've been through in our past. So I just wanted to kind of address that because that that broken word, it it, it puts on a lot of guilt. And it also um, attracts a lot of shame. And that really keeps us down. Ain't nobody got time for that no more. We're growing. You know what I mean? We're growing and we're going. Okay? Yes. Wow. Uh, you said so much there. I mean, I'm sitting okay. here changing my own uh, language about healing broken places and just saying, Janine, you was bruised. Yes. Okay? 
Um, I remember hearing bent, not broken, you know, exactly. going to church. I'm bent. And so when you started talking, it just kind of made me think about that. When they say you bent, not broken, you need to be like a palm tree. They sway. They never go all the way down to break, yes. but they will sway with the wind. They go with the flow, um, but they the can. That's that's good. I love it. I love that word flow. Yeah. Um, even I was reading Unconditional Love, I believe the name of the book was. And um, it talked about going with um with the flow. And when you said about the tree, if you try to go, you know, just to stay still, just upright, instead of swaying with the winds, you you are gonna break, you know. But if you just, you know. Bend your will just a little bit, just to get curious. We're talking about, about ourselves, about life. You know, you'll be surprised what, you know, life will bring. You'll be surprised what comes out of you if we just go with the flow. I love that word, flow. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny you say that because with the podcast, it's like me going with the flow. I'm so private. I'm such an introvert. The podcast came out for me of me healing. That became my healing place uh speaking out to others about what i was going through i label my stuff as storms because i feel like storms come and they go and mm. you're going to always have more and it's going to always yep. be that season um kind of like the book uh of the four seasons of marriage like i say mm. that can be the same thing for relationships as well you're going to have different moments in each season right so fall and winter is normally a little rough but how you deal with it is key can you flow can you bend and then when spring and summer comes, you know, normally things are blissful, but sometimes this, the fall and winter can be really long. Yes. And you need to understand when you're establishing authentic relationships with people, do you know how they function in all seasons? Because you will learn a lot about people if you just meet them in spring and summer. But when that fall and winter come, you're like, oh. This, so good. This, this is a little different. I mean, <laughs> I didn't true. think, you know, so I've learned how to sway with the flow because of the podcast, but also going back to that little girl within me doing the letter work, kind of similar to your chair work yes. and um, realizing where I was stuck and kind of unsticking myself. Yes. Because choosing self was hard for me. Being a nurse for 20 years, my, my role and my title uh, is to take care of others. And yes. so somewhere I left me and never really put me there. And so at one point I was a wife and I'm a mother and then I'm a family member and I'm this and that. And then when I'm at work, you know, it's always about the patients. Yes. And I never was making time for myself until like my health started to fail. And then some of my relationships got really bad in those fall and winter and we just couldn't succumb it. And then I really had to step back and do introflection or you know made up a word there introspection <laughs> <laughs> you know do introspection and figure out what's going on with me because sometimes we always want to point the mirror at the other person but really you have to dig within and figure out what's going on with you and that's Absolutely. when I kind of feel like when you said bruise not broken is when you really realize there is some things going on that are bruised yeah. and you got to deal with it some things I need to heal. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, you talked a little bit about childhood trauma and generational issues. That one, so what would you say to that intentional queen that I met at the um, podcast launch that said she's really trying to not put generational or childhood trauma on her children? What would you say to her for her to do her own work 
on trying to uh, help that not to come to fruition for her children? What could she say? What would you say to her? Mm, that's a really good question. There's so much, so much you can say. I guess first I would say face it head on. You know, whatever you think the generational curse or generational trauma or, um, you know, what, what that is, I would say, you know, look at it head on. Tell yourself the truth about it. Meaning in our culture, sometimes we have a lot of hidden things. Whereas like, you don't talk about it outside this house or don't you tell, you know, this person that, or, you know, suck it up. You know, we'll tell ourselves, well, our parents, the adults will tell our children those things, you know, thinking that it's making them stronger. But when we look at it and we face it head on and not, you know, peek around the corner, like, ah, it was just mama being mama, or it was just daddy being daddy, or that's just what we did. That's just how we rolled. When we are honest with ourselves and we say, you know what, that was damaging to my growth, you know, it may sting if you tell someone that. It may be hurtful depending on people, how people say it, but at least you can be honest with yourself. So facing it head, head on and just being honest, you know, with yourself about what's going on within your generation. Um, one example that I can use is, you know, my grandmother, she was dressed really nice and she required that of her children as well. But it was in a way where it was very uh, strict and um, kind of like a sergeant almost. Yeah, let me <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's just like, you know, your shirt starched and, you know, just, and my mom picked up some of those habits as well. Now she just learned or mirrored what she saw in her home and she grew from a child to a mother and she, you know, placed some of that and, and, you know, also did that with her girls. So we were really cute and, but it was, it was, it could be very, um, you know, uh, taxing on us to, I'm trying to figure out how to say it, you know, to live up to, to those standards. Okay. Well, you may have like a little bit of a Tom girl. I was like, my sister and I, we're both a little bit of a Tom girls. You know what I mean? So it's just like, no, that's wrong. And, and so you believe when you, when you hear somebody say that's wrong or that that's not how a young girl should act. Something sticks in our mind that we're not acting ladylike or we're not okay the way we're acting or, or how we are. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's not okay you with you being you. You know what I mean? So those little things, it may be innocent and it may be like, well, that's what my mama told me or that's, you know what I mean? Generational stuff, um, you know, but it can, that's how it starts. That's how those labels stick and start and it, you know, grows with you. So when you, uh, when I grow up and I, you know, I have a daughter now and I tell my daughter, you know, that's not how you're supposed to act. She's looking at me like, well, what's wrong with the way I'm acting? You know, but so I, I broke that. <laughs> it, it stopped right here with me. And so this is not, a, you know, um, you know, exclusively where a boy can drop on a tree or, or a boy can wrestle. You know, she knows she likes to do all those things. It's, it's really not, it's, it's really okay to say, I love you to your, your child. Because my grandmother didn't say that to my mom. My mom didn't say it much to us. I knew she loved us. Don't get me wrong. But that I had to break. So I had to start telling my daughter, even though it was uncomfortable at first because I wasn't used to it. I had to practice because practice makes permanent, not perfect. Practice makes permanent. So I had to practice 
told my daughter, I loved you, even though I showed her, you know what I mean? So different things like that, we got to face it head on, tell ourselves the truth about it. You know what? This is, it doesn't work for me, you know? And then um, I would say, you know, be okay with changing your belief systems. Now that can be a, a <laughs> sticky, sticky thing to do, sticky subject, because a lot of our belief systems are a part of our identity. So it's hard to say, oh, you just want me to change myself. No, I just want us to grow and better ourselves. You know, maybe get rid of some things or take off some things that no longer serve us. You know what I mean? Being okay with thinking for yourself instead of following blindly. It is okay. I'm gonna say that one more time. It is okay. I, we don't hear that enough, girl. No. It's okay. It's okay. And it, it will it will help us and heal us and, and, and allow us to look deeply within, like, you know what, how do I want my family to look? You know, how do I want to feel and how do, how do I want to experience? That's why I talked about like skipping in the hall. Oh, never. We, we don't, we don't, like if I was a kid, it's like, you better walk down this hall. We in public. <laughs> Girl, you know? <laughs> better act right. You better act, you better straighten up and sit up. You know what I mean? And it's just like, Yes, you should act appropriately in public. That's not what I'm saying. But you feel me? It's just like certain things are not so like serious and like, you know, drill sergeant-y. Now I made up a word. It was my turn. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I try to um, really be open and understanding, allowing my children to just become and evolve into themselves instead of a form of me. We're going to sit on that for two seconds. One, two. Because that... That's strong, right? It, that I don't man. want to duplicate me. I want to nurture Kyra. I want to nurture Sean. I want to get to know them as individuals. Yes, discipline them. Yes, teach them. You know, raise them the best of my ability because I'm not going to do a perfect job. But what do I want them to be themselves? That's it. And find their own path. So that's what I would tell, you know, that beautiful queen who asks, how do I, and this is very practical. I'm a very practical person. Tools where they're doable and it's just not so far-fetched. And it's just like, okay, I can be honest with myself. Yeah, that was wrong. And I could just, you know, let go of some things that's no longer serving me. Because really, I honestly didn't even believe in that anymore. You know what I mean? Really, that wasn't even really serving me. And being honest with yourself is so freeing. And it will take us so far in life and our family so far and make us so much more happier. You know what I mean? It's, it's freeing just to, just to let go of those generational things that just, it, it doesn't apply to us anymore. Wow. I took a few pointers. Uh, one was practice makes permanent. I'm going to have to do that in the yes, <laughs> meaning your uh, elevated self to be oh, yes. the best version of yourself. Two snaps on that. I love it. <laughs> and uh, you know, the flow. You know, we talked about flow, but that's so important, you know, making sure you can flow. Where there were just a couple more things I wanted to get in with this interview, but I mean, Absolutely. I'm like leveling myself up in here. Like, come on now with this words, I'm jotting notes. So I hope the Queens is jotting notes too, because, you know, we just trying to do better, right? Absolutely. Yes. So mm -hmm. in your book, you also talked about superwoman syndrome, depression, and people pleasing. A little bit of my backstory is... You know, I got multiple titles and multiple jobs and uh, I, I was guilty of that. 
had about five jobs. He used to be like, Janine, how are you teaching at the university? You're doing anesthesia, you got the anesthesia business, you're doing this, you're doing that, plus your mother and this. And I was just trying to make it work. I mean, if you look at my Google calendars, every color for everything <laughs> I got to do, right? Mm -hmm. And when my son, he is now four, he'll turn five in April. But I say on the podcast that I had really, um, it was prepartum depression too, but I had like a rough pregnancy from beginning all the way to the end. I'm so blessed to have my baby, but you know, the outside influences during the pregnancy were so consuming of me yeah. that it was so stressful and people did, don't really talk about postpartum or depression when you kind of going through birth because like it kind of was people looking at me in my circle like I don't understand what you're going through mm -hmm. and there's a common friend um, that just had her baby that she was going through the same thing she just kind of reached out to me talking to me and I was like listen I went through all that she was like I am so glad I talked to you Janine because I thought I was the only person that ever really went through this type of depression you don't really realize when you depress because yes. you seep yes. into it and then mm -hmm. it's like you in a black hole and you don't even know how the hell you got there and you're like how do I get out mm -hmm. and then the people around you are looking at like who are you I don't even know who you are and you're saying to yourself in your head like I don't even know how who I am and you're trying to do better it took me a while to get there but then I think where I struggled with it as well is I'm such a people pleaser one, mm -hmm. because of my profession, I'm always, like I said, taking care of people. That is my role, but I'm learning that's not who I am on the outside, meaning like there's my business side and then there's Janine. And I used to blend the two and make my role as a nurse or my role as a mother or my role as whatever. Mm -hmm. It's different than who I am. It's just the labels that I have, right? That's and good. so being a people pleaser, it was so hard because it encompassed it encompassed me and made me even more stressed out and I think which kind of added an extra layer to the depression because I wasn't able to even be there for people and I wasn't even being there for myself yes mm -hmm. how would you talk to that person or to me uh, <laughs> about overcoming you know that superwoman syndrome that people pleasing situation what would you say to her so guys, that was the first part of the interview with Mrs. Bania Swain, the author, the life coach, the mentor. I'm so proud to have her on the podcast. I want you to come back in two weeks because she's going to keep talking about healing, people pleasing, and so much more. Hopefully you're going to start to speak yes to your yes, your elevated self. Go to my Instagram at Intentional Queen Journey. Or go to the website at intentionalqueenjourney.com to get more information on the podcast notes and more information about Mrs. Bonilla Swain. Thank you again and continue to level up your IQ to a better you. Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review. And I'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.